welcome to the Find Your Path podcast, a podcast dedicated to finding and defining your own unique path at work and in your career. I'm your host, career and leadership coach, Michelle Yu, and I'm here to show you what's possible in the realm of your career, which starts by unlocking the power of your mind. Life is way too short to be following someone else's path, and you should work on the things that you enjoy. Now let's dive in. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Find Your Path podcast. I am diving into a slightly heavier topic this week. It should really be called like shitty workplaces and shitty bosses, but we're going to talk about workplace bullying, microaggressions, and gaslighting at work. Because if there's anything that 2020 and 2021 has really shown a light on is the topic of wellness, of mental health in the workplace, of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. So all of these things have really started to show a spotlight on how employers and managers should be treating their employees. So I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into couple of these mishaps, we should call them, that employers and managers tend to do and to give individuals common language if they see or feel like this is happening to them because a lot of times it's hard to actually being able to identify and spot it out. But my hope is that by being able to vocally describe it and give instances it can give a little bit more bridge to understanding and also healing for anyone who does feel really stuck and helpless in their work situation, especially if they come from an underrepresented and marginalized group. If you've seen the trend of my last couple of episodes, I've been on a rampage. I've been on this like I don't know, vengeance or vendetta to just start talking about the importance of diversity and how discrimination is holding back underrepresented groups. So if you're seeing a theme, it is not by accident. I've been doing a lot of my own inner work and my own discovery and really trying to understand how did I get here and What are the things that I need to be mindful of by myself and for my clients so that they can really break through to the next level? And the last couple of episodes has been this like deep download of looking at what are some of those trends that are showing up, what is really holding us back. And it's hard to do that without talking about shitty workplace environments and shitty managers without actually saying, yeah, they're shitty. There's this whole blanket statement of why. But we're going to shine a flashlight into really understanding what are some of the transactions that happen that make it such an unpleasant situation. So the other day I was on LinkedIn and I follow this one writer. Her name is Jennifer Kim and she's a startup uh, recruiting advisor and activist and she writes and and she made this one post. I don't exactly know verbatim what it was, but
but it was something along the lines of the fact that people from marginalized communities at work are typically the first to get picked on. And when she put that out there, it really resonated with me because it was kind of like this sudden, oh my gosh, I can see, and that makes a lot of sense, but I don't exactly know the why behind it, and it probably is because there are differences in culture and there's differences in gender and ethnicity and all of that that contribute to them or these marginalized communities not really fully conforming to what the mainstream is. But reading her posts on that just made me start thinking a little bit deeper and which is what led me to wanting to talk about bullies, microaggressions, gaslighting at work. So let's share a couple of examples, personal examples that I have gone through, that I have seen, that I have heard, and also from clients and colleagues that are starting to do this deep work and like dig into the corners of their minds and really analyze where their discomfort lies when it's at work. So a couple of examples that I have heard in no particular order. You guys can play the little guessing game of was it me or was it someone else? But I'm just going to lay them out because these are real life examples. And if you are resonating with any of this, then chances are you might be experiencing some of these unpleasant feelings at work. And we're certainly going to go and dive a little bit deeper about how to move forward from it because I'm not about keeping people in the state of where they are. So we'll certainly dissect how do you actually move forward? How do you actually heal and empower yourself? But we got to lay out all the nasty, gunky stuff that no one wants to talk about, because if we don't do that, we're just suppressing it and we can't heal and we can't grow and we can't change unless we actually address it head on and go to the core of why it is so uncomfortable. So a couple of examples that I have of just shitty work environments and shitty things that bosses have said and have done that really stood out and resonated to me. Quote from an anonymous source, you have a steep mountain to climb. That is an instance that I've heard of. Other things can be like getting passed over at work for a promotion despite being more experienced despite other people who are less experienced getting promoted, Um, sitting in a room and having everyone go around and share updates, and then to be passed over about what your update is deliberately, being called a pain in the ass, being called or texted at midnight, on December 31st to complete a report that is due on January 1st. So these are just a couple of examples that I've had that have really contributed to individuals having an unpleasant experience at work. And what do all of these examples have in common is that they come from underrepresented professionals in the workplace. So let's define it because the more that we can get specific and really address and create awareness around what is happening in the situation, the better we'll be able to spot it. So a couple of these terms, let's go into microaggressions. 
The formal definition of a microaggression is the indirect, subtle, and unintentional discrimination against members of a marginalized group. So if you think about the language that we use, there's been language that's been so deeply racialized and embedded in our professional work environment that we sometimes don't even have the conscious understanding of where it came from. So terms nowadays like blacklisted, uh, the Chinese wall, or white glove service, all of these have very racialized remarks in and very subtle in how they're like the intention of what they're supposed to get across. Um, And not to say that these are necessarily microaggressions, but I'm just trying to make a point of like how racialized our language has been and, and the intent that's actually behind it. So of course we use like Trump's example of the Chinese virus and like how that has started um, facilitating certain, certain feelings towards the Asian American community but they all start with these like really small jabs to, to prove a point. So those are some of the words that people might use that they may not have awareness of where it comes from or what the racial intent is. But other questions that might arise, such as where are you really from? Or comments like you speak really well. Or statements like I would have never guessed that you were gay or you had a child or whatever it is. These are all small little subtle jabs that are really, really slight and indirect. I have a personal example. I'll use a personal example this time of a microaggression that I have experienced when the coronavirus was starting to outbreak. Um, I remember right before all of the offices shut down, I was sitting with an executive who was traveling from the East Coast. And and then he was explaining to me about how he was like sanitizing his seat and all of these sorts of things. And then this question came up with a look on the face of, oh, didn't you just get back from China? And he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong because I did just come back maybe three months ago. But that statement combined with the way that he looked at me and with the underlying intent and the insinuation of you spread this virus to us was the microaggression that was so evident. And of course, while in the moment, I didn't feel very clear about what I was trying to process, it was just such a strange statement But then as I do this work and as I take a step back, like thinking time and time again, how much and how like how many hits this has actually happened in the course of my lifetime. And if anyone is from a marginalized group, I'm sure if they start to take a pause and they start to really think about it, it might bring up some pretty unpleasant memories and it might be easier to just ignore it and to just pretend like they didn't happen But in doing that work and being able to label it as, hey, that is actually a microaggression where you're singling me out based on my gender, ethnicity, race, age, whatever it is, being able to use that language and identify what it is helps you to heal and helps you to better understand and process what is actually happening in the moment so that it's not just about you, it's actually 
about the environment you're in or it's about the other individual on the other side. So that's a microaggression. The other term I want to introduce and define is gaslighting. So gaslighting is manipulating someone to question their own sanity. And it's the process of completely undermining the experience of the individual. So this might actually sound like, let's say there's an open door policy and an employee or someone is coming to share a concern or share a grievance, only then to be labeled as oh, you're so naive, you're so sensitive, you don't even know what you're talking about, you have no clue what's happening. Any sort of those remarks show that they're undermining the experience of the individual that is coming forward. So when gaslighting happens time and time again, when you're constantly in an environment where you feel like you can't be taken seriously or that your opinions don't matter or that you're just a complete crazy person can really start to affect the way that people see the world, the way that they see themselves and they question their own sanity. So if you feel like this is happening to you where you're in an unhealthy, toxic culture or an environment where you just feel like you're questioning like, everything that you do and you've lost so much confidence in the way that you show up, chances are you might be gaslighted at work. So that's the language and that's how we define gaslighting. And the third one that I want to bring up and define is bullying. So bullying are acts or verbal comments that cause physical or emotional harm and humiliation. You can think of it in the traditional sense, like growing up as a kid, people who would pick on you and cause some sort of emotional harm. And I have some funny examples. I also have some not funny examples, but um, I laugh about this now. But when I was a kid, I got bullied for having braces. I had braces for like eight years, you guys. And I got picked on and I was called a brace face, literally a brace face um, when I was like in fourth grade. And I also was called a werewolf. I was like, I I still have very hairy arms, but um, a bully at, at school just like picked on me and like called me all these sorts of names. And now I laugh at it because it's, you know, it's in the past and I've gotten over it. But in the workplace, If you think about bullying, it's like not going to be as light and it's going to have a stronger and heavier essence to it. So when you think of now I'm going like really dark and really deep from like, ha ha ha, childhood bullying to like, oh my gosh, workplace bullying and like the the drastic dichotomy of that. Um, But it's it's quite sad that there isn't any sort of protection and the way things are set up now for employees who face uh, verbal abuse from their managers, who maybe their manager has like yelled at them or has um, like gossiped about them and just spread misinformation and all sorts of all sorts of things like that. That is considered bullying. But unfortunately, there isn't any sort of protection from a company perspective that prevents that or like even legally in the US from a federal 
perspective. And maybe it will change down the line, but that's the definition of bullying. It's just getting like blows to your self-esteem or blows to your um, image um, that are out of control. So those are a couple of examples of maybe why you feel the workplace is shitty or hostile or toxic. If you are noticing any of these microaggressions, gaslighting or bullying, like define it and use that language so that you can really be laser clear about what is happening in this instance. I want to introduce one more term here, um, which is which kind of goes along with all of these other pieces, but I think would be helpful for people who are not able to verbalize what is happening. Um, retaliation. And especially if you are from a marginalized group um, based on age, gender, ethnicity, sex, uh, sexual orientation, um, the concept of retaliation um, just to be some like just to be aware of what might be happening, because if an individual is raising concerns and then ending up getting reprimanded from their employer or somehow silenced or made to feel like they're not protected or safe, then there might be a retaliation against the individual that may be happening. And this I feel like is probably the worst one. It's like imagine getting um, and facing microaggressions, like people just making all these like slight digs to your work or to who you are and then being gaslighted about your experience like oh no that person you're just crazy that that's not what they meant that that's not the intent of what's happening and then continuing to get invalidated for your experience like no one is truly listening or understanding or trying to hear your perspective despite the bullying despite the microaggressions all of that can easily swirl and affect individuals' mental health. And that will be probably another topic for another time. But recognizing when these things are happening and going back to the definition of retaliation, it's important for employees to be aware if they are getting retaliated against, especially if they're bringing it up to their manager, they're bringing it up to their HR department and still getting invalidated and then getting dinged on their performance or whatever it might be is retaliation. So if this is happening to you, I, I'm not saying you need to do it, but you might want to look into the protections that you have and what classifications are actually being crossed. Like, are they crossing... Um, a racial line? Are they crossing an age line? Are they crossing um, a sexual orientation line? Whatever it may be. And just bringing awareness to that. You don't necessarily need to go down the legal action route. But if you are feeling like you're at the end of the rope and no one's listening to you and they're starting to retaliate based on all of the whatever whistle whistleblowing efforts that you've been trying to make and you're being singled out, then you might want to just take a look at it, but I, I want to drop these definitions in because um, <laughs> because I know how individuals think and I know the things that they go through and I also know how the company thinks. And if you are a marginalized group, then you'll want to protect yourself if it ever gets that bad. But 
you know, I'm not an, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not an employment lawyer, but you might just want to take a look into what your protections are, but know that that route is, you know, long and painful sometimes. So moving on, some of the common reactions people will have if they've been experiencing some of those things, they might want to obviously quit, you know, they just want to they just want to avoid the situation. They know it's a toxic work environment. Um, but one thing to be aware of, if you go down the route of quitting, yes, it can be environmental. But on the other hand, if individuals haven't been equipped to really understand how to handle it and how to move forward from it, then you're not necessarily free from the problem and the struggles there. I know this sounds really grim, but at the end of the day, there's a common denominator, which is the individual. And if they haven't been able to process it or come um, move on from it and become stronger from the situation, then it can very easily start a swirl in the next organization that they join. So just keep an eye about that, because sometimes quitting is just about avoiding the core of the issue. And it may follow you to the next environment if you haven't been able to, you know, have the right language or have the right tools and skills to move yourself into a better situation. So quitting, you know, absolutely there are times that you need to quit, but then you also need to equip yourself with being able to handle that in case it shows up in the next environment because there's always something in, an, in a work environment and there's no perfect employer. Let's just leave it at that. The second common reaction people have when they're experiencing any of these is like going to HR to complain. And, you know, aside from me, I am your HR friend, but not all employers are going to have a friendly, really cool HR person who listens to your side and tries to help you. So, Knowing that you do have to be really strategic about how you position yourself and how things are going on, um, HR isn't always your friend. And there's a strategic card and a strategic element to be aware of, especially if you're going through any of these and how to best protect yourself. The third common reaction people have if they're undergoing you know, those stressors at work is like starting to gossip and starting to tell everyone about their issue and projecting it outwards and releasing it. And I totally get that too, because no one's perfect. And they definitely need a place to be able to vent it out and to share and to help process it. But I want to challenge people who think that gossiping is the way to make things better because it can actually harm you a lot down the line. It can make this individual look immature. It can make them look like discredited because they haven't been able to really sort through the core of their issue. And gossiping just looks unprofessional after a while. People in the organization will know who to take seriously and who not to take seriously. So I want to caution people who resort to releasing some of those frustrations by not gossiping, but um, by being able to address the core issue of what they what it is they really need to work through. 
So of course there's different outlets, of course there's different ways that you can go about processing and resolving some of these unpleasant experiences at work, but making sure that you also have the right support and community who are going to back you up. And as a coach, obviously, I'm not about keeping people stuck in their victim mentality or in whatever unpleasant experience. I'm all about helping people move forward from it. So you can pause here if you're not ready to move forward. Let's say that this episode has stirred up a lot of unpleasant memories and feelings and you're angry and you're just not ready to move forward from it. You can certainly pause here and you don't need to move forward in continuing to listen to the podcast episode. But if you are ready to move forward and you want to start taking responsibility and taking the power back into your control, then let's go. Let's continue listening on because as a coach, I'm not about allowing people to continue to continue to victimize themselves. There's some helping professions that keep people in the stuck, in the, oh, I've been gaslighted and everyone's a bully to me. Oh, my life is in despair. And they they leave them there. And it's like, no, as a coach, I don't want to leave people there. I want them to move past it and move forward from it. And if you're not ready to do that, that's okay. It does sometimes take time to want to move forward and want to move to a place of peace and forgiveness. And that's what we're going to do here. Because once you're done feeling sad and feeling sorry for yourself, then it's time to move into action. It's time to start releasing the anger, the frustration, all of that sort of stuff, because it doesn't serve you. Like how long can you really be upset and angry for And like, how much does that cost you in your day to day life to stay angry at your employer to stay upset at the people who have wronged you? I'm not about I'm not all about that. I think there's times where it should stick and it should stay and you need to process it. And then there's times that you just have to move forward and like continue to live your life. So um, I want to share this one quote. Um... I don't even know where it's from. They say it's from Buddha, but I don't believe that anymore. The things that people write on the internet is so hard to believe. But there's this one quote that says like anger is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. So if we take that philosophy and we think about like the microaggressions or the bullying or the gaslighting and just the shitty work environment or the shitty bosses that we've had and we're so pent up with anger, guess what? The other person, the perpetrator, probably doesn't have the same feelings on their end. And for an individual to just continue to hold on to that and then project it outwards and start gossiping and trying to look to validate that experience, it's not going to serve them. So let's reframe how we see the situation, how we see ourselves and how we see other people when we're starting to go into and understand and process what might actually be happening to us that makes it so unpleasant. So in reframing this, taking a step back, take a giant step back, removing yourself from the eyes in which you see the situation, but like take a step back and see it from a third party perspective. 
that people who are hurt, they just end up hurting people. They are mean assholes because of something that is going on in their life or something that is just unpleasant that they might be projecting to other people. So recognizing that maybe it is their problem that they got some crazy shit going on at home and that's their problem and they're projecting it. But then at the end of the day, they're hurt and they have something there that they're trying to overcompensate for. The other thing is understanding that emotional contagion, that the emotions of people easily get absorbed from others. So the more that you can recognize this and the more that you can protect your energy and remove yourself from absorbing other people's energies can certainly help with getting yourself out of this whole victim mentality. Um, And for me, as someone who's like, I'm naturally empathetic, I, I would consider myself an empath. And so I personally have to constantly remind myself to ground in and to recognize that the emotions of other people and what they might be going through is their own emotions. Otherwise, I will grasp onto it. And it's like that whole um, tone from the top, right? If you're in an environment where everyone is really angry and really upset, and it starts from the top, and then it trickles down all the way to down the ladder, then everyone is angry and upset. But being able to recognize that and then having choice of how you want to control your emotions, super powerful. It's like no one teaches us these things, but being able to take yourself out of that third party view or into a third party view and recognize, okay, maybe it's just these people and they got their own things going on. They're not as well versed and woke about what's happening. So they're leaking into the stuff at work. So what to do instead now that we're aware and we're starting the process of healing and the process of getting better so that we're not allowing the shitty toxic work environment to flow into us what do you do instead how do you get over this and it's i'm gonna caveat with saying that it's not going to be an instant switch it's not gonna happen overnight but you know, you do have options, you can absolutely quit, you can absolutely gossip to your coworkers, you can absolutely go and complain to HR. But when you're done doing all of that, and when you're done feeling like you no longer want to feel exhausted or drained from the situation, what to do instead? First, manage your mind. Because when you're, let's say, in an experience of being gaslighted, where you feel like you're losing your mind, you have to start to manage the thoughts that you tell yourself, like telling yourself, no, my experience is completely valid, that I have the right to seeing the situation how I see it. And that doesn't make me crazy. That just makes me human. Everyone has the right to their own perspective. So you have to learn to manage your mind, especially when you are feeling gaslighted. And when you're feeling like, you're just crazy in that situation. Which leads me to the second point is like being able to validate yourself and your feelings because you absolutely have the right to be upset, to be sad, to be hurt, to be triggered. You have the right to all of these ranges of emotions and feelings that come up to work, but you have to allow yourself and 
validate your own experience, even if no one else is going to do that for you. So you need to be your own ally, you need to have your own back and validate yourself, especially if you're feeling like you're being gaslighted in the workplace, because you absolutely have the right to feeling all of the different emotions that you feel. The other thing is processing the feelings. And I know this sounds kind of like crazy, but a lot of times people, they just, you know, they just want to go to the solution and they just want to get it solved, but they haven't actually processed the core emotion or the core feeling about what it is evoking in them. And if you've been ingrained or grown up in a culture that tells you to not talk about feelings, I've literally have known people that are like, let's just not talk about the feelings, let's just move on. But by not doing that, and by not addressing it, and by suppressing the emotions behind it, you don't get that release. And that keeps you stuck. And that keeps you hardened. And in this whole, I don't know, protective shell that doesn't help anybody. So the more that you can lean into the emotions that are coming up and the more that you can process like what is actually happening to you, what is it bringing up in you? Why does it make you feel so uncomfortable? What does it say about you? Or what does this situation say to you about yourself? Being able to do that processing and that deep work may not come easy, but it's part of that healing process. So the fourth thing is, once you've done the processing of the emotions, once you've validated yourself, once you're starting to get a grip of your mind that you're not crazy, and that you're absolutely entitled to having all of these feelings, then you can start to give yourself action and choice. And one of the best ways to empower yourself is to give yourself options, to give yourself a choice of what you want to do. And they can be as simple as like, do you want to leave? Do you want to speak with HR? Do you want to file a complaint? Or if you've really learned to manage your mind, do you want that to let it affect you? Is that even going to be a thing that you allow others' perceptions and feelings to permeate into how you feel? What is that one quote from Eleanor Roosevelt? No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So I know that that might not be easy for people who have been in such a harmful environment for a long time, but being able to bring it back to that mindset of choice and empowerment, will you even allow them to let you feel that way about yourself. And that is a choice. And that goes back to being able to manage your mind and being able to really control the thoughts that you might have about yourself and about the situation. So the last bit of advice in what to do if you are feeling gaslighted, lots of microaggressions, bullying, maybe even retaliated against is that you're going to need an army of allies. You're going to need to know and find the people who have your back, who know that you're not crazy, who know that you're not alone in your experience. So allies and community and being able to 
know that there are people who care about you, who empathize with what you're going through, who can also validate your experience is very crucial in being able to let yourself heal and move on. And I'm really passionate about the work that I do here and being able to spring about awareness, especially to marginalized groups, because the more that they can self-identify and the more that they can put a label to what is happening, to having language and describing what is happening, the more that they can move forward and bring it back to a place of choice, to a place of empowerment and action. If you guys found this useful or if you want assistance in processing maybe some not-so-pleasant work experiences as an underrepresented individual, then you guys know where to find me. And I promise to be able to light you up and come up with an action plan so that it gets you out of feeling like a victim in the workplace, of feeling like you don't belong, of being outcasted or whatever it might be to then moving into a place of empowerment, a place of conscious choice, and stepping into your power. So that is all for our episode today. I will see you all next week. Thanks for joining me today. If you are loving what you're hearing, there are a few ways you can work with me. Head to www.michellekyou.com to learn more about my coaching services or follow me on Instagram at mkyucoaching for more career, leadership, and business content.